Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Tony Katz, the morning news, 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Tony is back tomorrow. Uh, the story about the Jewish leader who was murdered, stabbed to death in Detroit is uniquely interesting for um, a reason that might not be as, as easy for uh, some of us to, to find in all this. Uh, Samantha Wool is the woman's name. It's a very uh, tragic uh, story. It's, it's uh, like an awful uh, story in the sense that uh, she was killed after being stabbed multiple times, 40 years old, and a pretty prominent and valuable member of her community of uh, that, um, you know, entire, uh, I think, um, area. And yet the, the biggest thing, and this is the thing that's surprising me, and it's, it's weird to say it this way, I just can't help myself, is the fact that police so quickly dismissed the idea that it was a hate crime. Uh, that she was killed because she's a prominent Jewish leader in that area. And the reason I think that's so significant is very, very often in situations where there is, say, uh, a racial um, component to a story or this or that, wh whatever you want to call it, there's so often uh, media in the news, a lot of uh, legacy or left-leaning media that immediately refers to something as definitely a hate crime, as as couldn't be anything other than that. Uh, one that I um, bring up a little bit uh, often now in these sorts of conversations is the person in New York City on that subway uh, who, um, you know, uh, detained or stopped a homeless person in a way that eventually took the life of the homeless person, um, uh, putting them in a chokehold. Uh, Daniel Penny is the name of that Marine. The media was absolutely sure long before Daniel Penny had his day in court, long before anything came out about that story. And I don't want to dovetail into that one and start to discuss, discuss the details at it. But media was immediately sure that that was a hate crime. And so many talked about it in a unique way. And yet this story in which a Jewish person is stabbed to death on the street near her home in Detroit is is definitely not a hate crime, according to so much media. And I don't know how they make that determination. Uh, again, not saying that I know more than they do. Uh, just saying that sometimes they're very comfortable with no proof saying something. And sometimes with um, uh, no proof, they're not apparently comfortable uh, saying something. So it is it is interesting to me for sure. And certainly in the context of what's going on in the world right now, what's going on in the Middle East. Some other quick things out there and then we'll take a break. I thought this was interesting. Uh, Trump has denied that report from the Australian billionaire uh, that certain things were said or uh, certain types of things were shared as far as um, sensitive information at Mar-a-Lago. The craziest part of that story is that this billionaire, Pratt is the guy's name, uh, said that Trump also told Melania to put on a bikini and walk around uh, Mar-a-Lago to show off, to be like, hey, I want people to see uh, what they're missing. I think it was something like that was what Pratt said. Uh, Trump called him a redheaded weirdo and said none of that stuff that he's saying is true, even if there's an audio recording out there that demonstrates that Pratt definitely said a lot of this stuff. 
Um, and apparently in that same uh, back and forth, the Melania one, the one that some media was obsessed with, she made a joke right back to him. When you put on your bikini, I'll put on mine. If that's true, who knows? I, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's such an odd thing to try to prop up into, into the mainstream uh, to take some random person and say that this person is obviously more credible. It's actually very similar to what I'm talking about in a weird way. It's, it's not similar in a lot of other ways in the picking and choosing of media on who they prop up, who they choose not to. It's all just narrative based. The only thing that's that matters right now to most news is, is the narrative, not the facts. And so whether or not this guy is telling the truth is irrelevant because some of the salacious things he's saying are interesting, but Trump has denied all that on social media on a truth social and said that he's never even really had uh, a private conversation with uh, this individual, with this uh, Australian billionaire. And then one last thing just quickly. And I, I mentioned this earlier in the show. I, I guess maybe we'll keep talking about it. It does feel like it's a big deal, although pales in comparison to some of the other things out there in the news right now, but the GOP is going to try again uh, to find their speaker of the house. There's nine candidates, including the house uh, majority whip, uh, that are going to try to go for this role. Almost none of them are household names, I think. I, I think that you'd have to be uh, somewhat of a a politically-minded person to be familiar with many of these names. And yet I wonder uh, who will rise to the top and who may become the person who inevitably becomes uh, the Speaker of the House because th th you got to pick somebody. At some point, eventually, someone has to land in that role. Uh, I've continued to say till I was blue in the face, and it seems like, more and more in the minority of, of people discussing this, that I don't think any of this is necessarily as embarrassing or as bad of a thing as most even conservatives are trying to say it is. I think that actually fighting for uh, certain ideals and having disagreements within a political party is different than what we see. I, I don't like the idea that Democrats are so good at the hive mind. You know what I mean? I don't like the idea that that political side of the aisle is so great at at uniform thinking, uh, certainly not just in the world of the um, politicians themselves, but even in the world of of the voters, uh, the woke ideology that permeates everything uh, is another hive mind thing. And so if Republicans, both in real life or in Washington, are actually demonstrating a difference of opinion on stuff, a desire to do things differently, I think that's inherently good. And I think it's sort of interesting how easily it's been cast as something else. Uh, and as I say all that, I still know you need a speaker. At some point, you got to have somebody in charge. One of these voices, maybe mostly because of the amount of people who are unknown, uh, may rise to the top and actually unite the party. Maybe not. Who knows? At some point, they'll have to figure something out, though, because you can't go on forever without one, although you can empower uh, the, spe the speaker pro tempore. And then actually one last thing. I want to play this, too, uh, just very quickly. Uh, Mitch McConnell addressed his freezing episodes. I think this was on Face the Nation. Uh, he was asked if he's fine. He said he's fine. Some people still aren't really sure if he's fine. And it is interesting that you can have things go that poorly and then still wind up where you are. Although look at the amount of Democrats who are struggling uh, mentally or struggling with their health. And yet they're just fine. Everyone ignores them. So it's not it's not all that different from business as usual on the other side of the aisle. But here quickly is what McConnell said when asked if he's doing better. People wonder about your health. How are you feeling? How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm completely recovered and uh, just fine. 
uh, you and your office felt the need to, to share and disclose some of the details about your health because of some of these public incidents. And the doctor here said there was no evidence of Parkinson's disease or a stroke or, or a seizure. Um, and I wonder, is there anything the public should know that wasn't disclosed? Uh, I'm in good shape completely recovered and back on the job. All right. Uh, no is the answer to that question. There's nothing that you want to tell the public. Uh, and there's no real reason for some of the things that were happening. At least we don't have very uh, good clarity on that. Again, if there wasn't so much going on on the Democratic side of the aisle, I'd uh, be more inclined to go further against uh, this version of, ah, we're just going to leave this alone. All right. Quick break. A lot more. Craig Collins filling in. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WI. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. BC. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Matt and Jonathan hanging out as they do every morning on this show. Uh, let's do some palate cleansers. Let's do some less serious things. Hey, why, Craig? There's so much serious news out there. There's so many important things to talk about. Uh, well, mental health, maybe is what I'll say as a reason to why for anyone that asks why we go silly every so often, because otherwise... You know, everything's just uh, ridiculous and, and terrible. Uh, so uh, anyway, let's move on. Let's do this stuff. Uh, the first one, I like this. Uh, Jonathan sent this to me. There's an upscale movie theater uh, with food and beverages, uh, fancy beverages that's coming to Indianapolis. Uh, are you overly excited about this, Jonathan? Is that why you sent me uh, the story about the Alamo Draft House Cinema? So excited. Love stuff like this. <laughs> I cannot wait. All right. Yeah, because it's, it's freedom from all the seriousness of the... The world in which we live right now, right? You walk into the movie theater, you get yourself some fancy beverages, some fancy food, you watch a movie, everything's fine for a few hours. Exactly. It's really nice. There's a, yeah. a similar place in Carmel uh, that I like that I used to go to, but then I moved down to the to the south side. Sure. Um, but yeah, I will I will make the trek for stuff like that. So I'm I'm excited for it. Does this one have like the waiters that show up to the seat and give you stuff? I'm not sure. That's how the one in, in Carmel is. I am blanking okay. on the name of of it though i used to go when i say all the time i mean all the time like <laughs> okay I, so yeah yeah that's awesome um I, I have the waiter experience a couple times in chicago uh and i i don't i don't love it um <laughs> i don't mean to have a bad take on it it's just that like i feel like for those dudes it's very difficult to get through those aisles and duck under the movie and everything and do it without being noticed because so, a movie a movie's one situation where you don't really want a wait staff uh, being as involved as they are. It's still fun. It's still great. A part of me is humbugging just a tad. Go ahead. So it flicks. That's what it's called in Carmel. There you go. Nicely they done. Basically, they give you... So before the movie starts, they come in and they get your order or whatever. You give them your uh -huh. drink order, all that stuff. During the movie, though, if you need anything, they'll come in. You've got like a little button. And you yep. just write down whatever you need. And so they grab it and then they leave. Nice. And so they are okay. like hovering around. It's really nice. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, good. I'm, I'm sure it'll wind up fine here. I, I don't mean to. Uh, it's bash still the... annoying as hell. I mean, I, I deal with this at the living room across the street from me. I love this theater. They play independent movies. They play the yeah. new movies. I go in. I'm enjoying this Oppenheimer thing. I, I, I guess it's a small indie flick, and, and I'm yeah, watching it for the it. first time. And, and next thing I know, there's some guy, and he's working hard. He's working mm -hmm. really hard. I like this yes, guy. He is. You know, yeah, but but he's delivering a cheeseburger to the person in front of me, so I can't see the H bomb blow up. And this is <laughs> this is really 
I'm right. saying, is there any? Yes. Are people? Am I the only one still uh, uh, shipping food in my pockets into the movie theater? So I don't. Of course have to buy not. Anything? No. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. so much better. And the experience. Right. It's a destination. It's an experience. I think yes. these are great things yes. for Indianapolis. I don't want somebody walking in front of me during a movie. I just don't. Matt, I I can handle not having food for a couple hours. That's another thing that I can do if I don't have enough on me. If I haven't strapped it to me military style, then I can deal with the fact <laughs> that it's fine. That it's not there, and I can make it till the end of the movie. This is a, this is locked up abroad. All of a sudden, when you're moving, you're taking, you're right. taking food into the theater. You're taping it to your thighs. You know, you never. To- hey, however you got to get it done, man. I don't want to get in trouble. I hit the dollar store hard right before the movie. Anyway, no, uh, that's that's one thing out there. I'll move on so I don't out myself anymore. I love this story, uh, Jonathan. You sent me a list of the rudest things that uh, employees do. At clothing stores, or that, excuse me, that customers do, that employees were talking about online. Uh, there's a bunch of them. Uh, are we going to uh, say anything, any experiences we've had, or is there anyone you want to point out yourself uh, that's something that you've heard about or seen before? You know, I got to be honest, I don't really go into retail stores before I got married. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's fantastic. So, I don't know. I just, stuff like this is always fascinating. Any like good customer service story is mm-hmm. always great. Um, can I, I want to out myself. I don't try stuff on. I don't do that. I feel like it takes too long. Yeah. As a dude, I think I know my sizes. I go places. I like things. I take them home on the off chance that I don't fit in the thing. Cause I'm wrong about the size. I return it, which sounds like it's difficult, but that almost never happens. I almost always get the size, right? I just, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm like a, a version of a dude or I don't have enough of a fashion sense to care but I just don't try stuff on. And my, it drives my wife crazy. I was going to a store. <laughs> I walk into a store. I'll pick up three things. I'll be like, these are the things I want now. Let's go. And she's like, no, 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 no. We have to put all this stuff on you in a dressing room and then come out and decide. And I don't know why. I do it very quickly. I'm in the store for six minutes stops. It's great. I highly recommend it to more people. Don't try stuff on. Uh, you'll live your life better. I really wish that was an option. <laughs> really? It's Matt? not an option for me. No. Matt, uh, any chance you agree or no? No, I, I have to try on everything I really no, do. Yeah, come on, guys. Go in, live that life, man, like gamble. <laughs> Go in, pick up stuff, leave. Who, who has any idea if it'll work out? No one cares. Yeah. All right. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Tony is back tomorrow. Uh, hundreds of people gathered in downtown Indianapolis uh, last night, and then actually, I think, Friday as well. Approximately 300 to 400 people attended. Uh, that's our own reporting, WIBC.com. If you want more information, you can go there. Uh, but lots of people gathered to protest the ongoing war in the Middle East, uh, to call for um, uh, ceasefires, and essentially to also be in support of a terrorist organization, Hamas, directly or indirectly. Uh, that is, that's simply true. Uh, however you want to say it, however extreme you think that take is, uh, asking for anything other than uh, Israel and um, the decision-making of their military to try to fight back against a terrorist organization that took 1,400 lives and then also took people captive and still has uh, people uh, that are are currently being held hostage and their lives are being threatened on a daily basis to, to say anything other than that right now is to ignore those simple aspects. I want to play a little bit of audio though. Uh, this is an ambassador who popped up on uh, MSNBC of all places and talked to Chen Saki, 
uh, the former White House press secretary. And you can tell in the question, this is why I've left it, that Jen is trying to lead this politician, lead this uh, political ambassador to say something. He's a special envoy to the Middle East, by the way, for Biden, other than what the guy says. And yet still, uh, David Satterfield says the thing that's actually true, uh, which is that those uh, who are still on the Gaza Strip, those are still in Gaza right now, are being held there by one group and one group only. And no, even though the protesters seem to think something different, it is not Israel. It is not a blockade. It is not the Israel uh, military. The people that are forcing those to stay right now as this conflict escalates are um, Hamas and Hamas alone here. And again, I really want to play this because I want you to hear the way the question's asked. She doesn't say Israel uh, but she'd very much like that to be the answer on MSNBC. Here we go. Last week, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said it was Hamas that was holding up people being able to depart. Is it primarily Hamas? Are the Egyptians holding it up? Who, who is preventing people from leaving? The answer is very simple. It is Hamas, full stop. It is Hamas, full stop. That's the entire answer. Uh, Jen Psaki didn't love it. Uh, they had to move on from there. Uh, this ambassador was speaking from Tel Aviv, by the way, as uh, he gave an answer like that. But so often now, I think, and even Dave Chappelle was in the news actually over the weekend for saying stuff at a at a show in which he essentially called uh, Israel um, uh, a organization or, excuse me, a country that was committing war crimes. Uh, let me just do it this. Let me break it down very differently uh, because I know that this is a conversation that people are having again and again and again on all kinds of media, uh, probably in your own life. Uh, it's probably a topic that even if you feel like there's other important things going on for you individually right now, it's unescapable and it's it's deserving of that. It's the importance of it is deserving of it, of it being something that's discussed so much. But the most simplistic way to say this is that if a organization existed in the world uh, that wanted the death of of all people of any um, certain walk of life, but let's say Americans, and I know that organizations exist who want that, including actually uh, Hamas, and then they successfully struck and took uh, tons and tons of lives. And yes, I'm sure one of the first things you're thinking of when I start to shape this hypothetical is the very not hypothetical of 9-11. I'm sure that's where most Americans brain, most American brains go when you start to talk about the version of events that happened that had Hamas take the amount of lives they took in Israel, 1,400 dead on October 7th. Um, and when you think about those things, the desire of all Americans after 9-11 or wherever your brain goes, whatever the moment might be, to have our military, to have our leaders take action and remove the threat, the existential threat, the evil threat that existed in our world, however um, strong we thought they were compared to us. And of course, uh, most of us believed, and rightfully so, that we'd have the capability of removing this threat from the earth, of, of uh, defeating the enemy, whoever the enemy is. If all the enemy wants is chaos and destruction and death of, of our people, uh, then how does anyone blame Israel for the decision-making that has happened since that day, since October 7th. And if you go back any further than that, and you say, well, uh, this blockade has not made sense for this amount of years, and it's cut off uh, food, water, electricity, all these certain things, you completely disregard yet again the involvement of the terrorist organization that has been put in charge of that area uh, by uh, many of the people who live there. And that does not mean that there aren't innocent people there. Uh, that Israel has told again and again to leave, and that Hamas actually hides its weapons 
in things like um, uh, hospitals. Uh, that That's a decision that they make. They try to use the humans that live in the Gaza Strip as human shields, essentially, to their military capability, whatever that is. All of those things are so easily ignored, so easily thrown out in any sort of non-nuanced conversation about this. And it just goes back to the one simple thing that a person on MSNBC says uh, to Jen Psaki when you ask, why are there people still in the Gaza Strip right now? Who is forcing them to stay there? Who is caring least about uh, their lives or their potential to, say, um, uh, flee a, a conflict um, um, you know, uh, situation right now? And it is simply Hamas. And I'll play it again. The ambassador, David Satterfield, and of all places, MSNBC, uh, saying it as matter of fact as he did. Answer is very simple. It is Hamas, full stop. Hamas alone is the reason that people are right now in harm's way uh, because of how they're deciding to force those to stay in an area where they desperately would want out and should want out. And what is Israel to do? Again, uh, and it, it seems unfair to some people to ask it that way. But if our response, and I know that people will criticize the actual response uh, to 9-11, uh, the decision-making of our politicians, where we went, what we did, and certainly the exit in Afghanistan that happened uh, just a, a about a year ago or so uh, by uh, Biden. But at the end of the day, if back then, if at that time, for anyone that remembers it, much like I do vividly, the day it happened, if we were told we were just going to do nothing, how would our society have responded to that? How do you ask the Israeli uh, people to respond uh, to the call to do nothing? Because Hamas will not stand down. Uh, they have no interest in standing down. They have no interest in peace. They have no interest in protecting the lives of the innocent people within the Gaza Strip. They care about none of that. They're a terrorist organization who cannot be negotiated with, even though so many people seem to think as though somehow, some way, uh, they're, they're uh, something other than that. Uh, quick break, a lot more. Uh, this is Craig Collins filling in. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Matt and Jonathan hanging out every morning as they uh, always do on this show. Uh, I saw this story. I think creditkarma.com is the place to put it up. And yes, this is a palate cleanser from the serious stuff we promise to continue to talk about in just a little bit. Uh, the most expensive thing now, or the thing that's most annoying that's currently expensive, fun. All kinds of fun. People say live concerts, movie theaters, uh, theatrical shows, live comedy, sporting event, whatever it is, all of it's too expensive. All of it's not awesome because uh, fun now costs too much money. Anyone want to react to this story? It's so true. I mean, this has been a thing all summer with me. I mean, you're trying to put back money or save for something else or even just trying to pay your bills, make your ends meet. Everything yes. is expensive because you're just not buying the ticket, of course. And everyone's like, yeah, we know. Uh, you're not just buying the ticket. You're parking. You're doing the Uber. You're doing a thousand other things. And, yeah, any place you're going is going it's to be. terrible. Yeah, it's, it's brutal. Yeah. You it's, know, it's only not uh, fun for the person who's paying the bill. I have noticed this. When I take my wife somewhere and I, I like paying for stuff, I don't know why. It's just the guy that I've always been in our relationship. It's less fun for me than it is for her. And that's probably good, right? I, I think if you're a parent, 
You got some kids. They're going to have a great time. They're not going to realize how much not fun is being had every time you're swiping the credit card. So it's sort of a, a one person, uh, a burden in the world of fun in today's society <laughs> to take on the expense part. Well, part of the fun is, of having to pay for everything is not telling people that that's going to be a burden to you. You know, <laughs> sure. I mean, you pay for your yeah. wife, but you're not going to be like, you just broke me. It's, it's yes. like you're going out to dinner with somebody who <laughs> says, get anything you want on the menu. It's like, yeah, thanks, dude. I was going to anyways, but now you just reminded me that you're paying for everything and you are just an awesome person you know oh, it's nice. that guy you know it's it's that you think, person you think that's a passive aggressive move when you say get anything you want don't worry about the price whatever you want to buy it's totally fine with me i think you it's think more someone- it's more chest thumping than anything you know <laughs> as if to say hey i'm doing something cool for you i mean yeah. if you're going to pay and even just if pay. it's expensive you just do it and you don't it. tell anybody and you just kind of eat it i'm sorry life sucks sometimes yeah. but when you're doing things for other people <laughs> things are gonna suck sometimes yeah. Right. There you go. Let's do it that way. I love that uh, a lot. Um, and also, I wish that I didn't spend so much money recently on fun. Um, anyway, no, I, th- right. I don't think that was the point of the conversation. I saw this. I'm going to move on. I like this story uh, a lot. Um, do you know what the newest sign is that you're old? Uh, let's let's see who's old in the show. Oh, good God. The newest sign that you're old is if you dance with your hands in the air, if you raise the roof, if you do anything like that. Apparently, the youngest generation thinks that that means you're ancient. Do we all raise the roof? That's Do we hilarious. all dance with our hands? Well, go ahead, Jonathan. What do you got? The, for that? I think that's hilarious. I I don't raise the roof. Okay. Um, but then again, do I you, also don't. I also don't get out on the dance floor too, too often either. Do but. you do you judge those who do raise the roof? I feel like Matt and I are raise the roof people. No judgment, <laughs> none whatsoever. It's okay. It's a classic right. move, you know. It is. It's classic, Matt. Do you raise the roof or I, no? I was just gonna say I was at the Colts game yesterday, and I guess there was a lot of old us there because there was a lot of raising <laughs> of the roof going on. The Colts do such an awesome job presenting and keeping the fans involved during timeouts. Yes. I mean, there, there's so much more than the kiss cam. People are dancing, the sure. John Mellon game, and everything else. And my God. As a Colts fan base, we raised the roof a lot. And it's so funny you bring up this story because that was going on the entire so time. Much. Yeah, and I'm thinking yeah. about myself. I'm like, hey, well, what are we supposed to do, though? You know, that's that's just we're right. old people. I, I don't know. You can't, I, sometimes, I, my hips don't work. I'm not going to be dancing. So Yeah, know, sometimes I do uh, what I've heard affectionately called, and no one get mad at this. I'm a white man in my 30s. The white man's overbite where you let those teeth oh, come up right over the front of the bottom <laughs> lip and you just move your two what? arms in sort of a circular motion. No one's seen this it's the white man's overbite. I know what you're talking about you do the lean back your arms they sort of it's like they're pumping some sort of small engine uh, around your chest and then the teeth just slide right over the bottom lip and that's all you do <laughs> you stay very close in place it's a very small move and you hope for the best and then you get off the dance floor quickly um and i've over explained this now so i'm gonna move on although i will say Go ahead, Matt. No, I was just going to say you make the same face when they take your catheter out. That happened to me. (laughs) You do. Uh, Real quick, I know we only have about a minute or so. A rough loss for the Colts yesterday. You were at the game. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. uh, it was right. it was so much fun though. Oh my was it? lord, that game was bedlam. And I just happened to be sitting. Uh, Ryan Hedrick, our, our news anchor, new news anchor here, at WIBC went too. And, yes. and I was sitting next to the guy. He actually moved down next to me. Just a very, I mean, he, he was elderly, a very very large Cleveland Browns fan. And man, sure. this guy could talk. He jawed at me the whole game, and he jawed <laughs> at both. Yeah. Oh yeah, it Those was. People are the worst. Well, actually, it was the best time ever. Because it was friendly. It it was just one of those things where, you know, he'd be like, uh, there was one time he's like, you guys are going to get your field goal blocked. 
You're going to get your field goal. I'm like, that never happens. And then they blocked the field goal. It was yeah. really yeah, kind of remarkable. Golly. It was yeah, a great environment. It is so much fun. Okay. It was a beautiful fall day. It no, it's, I'm sure it's a great environment. The Colts are a fun team to watch, and uh, the season's not been the most fun. Three and four right now. In the, the But I'm, I'm not – Try to be mean. I'm a Giants fan, and the Giants are a terrible, terrible <laughs> football team. All right. right. I'll let, we'll take a break. We'll do some traffic. We'll have more in a bit.